Good afternoon on the East Coast. Good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. And this is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? The longest running, most successful banking podcast in American banking history. And while we've gone to a different format doing special shows, uh, this is the end of our first special series with John Witkowski, the president of the Independent Bankers Association of New York State. And we've been doing a special series called Huddle Up with John Witkowski. And I'm excited because it is September. And for me, that means one thing and one thing only. That is right. It is back to the gridiron in NFL season 2023. And guess who's back? Our resident NFL expert and former pro NFL quarterback. Let's welcome back. Hey, John Wachowski, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Jason. Thanks for having me back. Oh, we're really glad you're back. studio audience as ever. John is sucking up, hoping you can get them some Giants or Jets tickets to see how the new quarterback does out there in New Jersey. Hey, I want to back up a little bit to our last conversation. We talked about draft day when you were drafted out of Columbia. And just a real quick, if you could just take me through chronologically speaking, you get the phone call, you make the decision to go to the Detroit Lions how, how long before you were, like, officially inked to the deal and, you know, they're putting that first check in your account? <laughs> well, that was uh, end of April is when I got drafted. Um, camp started around the second week in July. So just argument's sake, let's say July 12th or 13th uh, is when camp started, and I think I signed on July 10th. I just have curiosity. I'm not going to ask you amounts, but in those days, were you issued a paper check or was it direct deposit? Oh, no, it was a paper check. It was a paper check. Wow. Really? I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that. Now, people are going to be wondering, and I'm not trying to be nosy or tacky. Was there something you went out and bought right away because you were just excited to have a few extra dollars in the bank? So, you know what, you always sit there and think it's, and it wasn't a, a boatload of money back in those days. It was 1984, so that's a long time ago. That's almost 40 years ago. Um, but I did buy uh, my first car, but I didn't buy my first car until I knew I made the team. Ah, so, smart. There's some financial literacy lessons right there, people, because <laughs> I have purchased a car thinking I was going to get a job and not got that job and really had to scramble. So we even have a little bit of financial literacy. Make sure you've got the check in hand before you sign your name on the dotted line for a 1994 probe SD that you had absolutely no business buying. All right, so you, you're, on the, you're on the team and you're ready to go. This is something that I've always found fascinating as we head into the season. Yes, 
they do a lot of pre-games. As you know, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't watch Hard Knocks on HBO because I don't think they've ever featured the Steelers. I don't play fantasy football because I don't root for other players. I am solely focused on the Steelers. But I want you to take this to the Thursday or Friday before the kickoff on Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. What are some of the normal things that start happening in those days leading up to the game? And I've always wondered, do you work on that Saturday before the game? The whole week is, uh, you know, there's this, well, now it's 17 straight weeks, but back then it was 16 weeks, and, um, you know, every week was the same. You know, it was, you went to practice, you know, the meetings and everything, but how the day started is that you'd come in, it was around 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, you go to your position meetings, and you're usually in there for an hour talking about the things you're going to cover that day, whether it's going to be short yardage on the offense, whether it's your passing game or your running game, blocking schemes, what to look for in the defense. Um, so you go and you go into meetings, you watch films, you go through your game plan in the morning, you get out in the field probably around between 9.30, 9.45. Quarterbacks are usually out a little bit earlier uh, just to kind of warm up and get things going. And then, um, you know, from 10 to 9.45 or 10 to 12 back then, uh, you would have, well, I'd say meetings were a little bit later. Meetings probably went to, yeah, meetings probably went to like 11. And then uh, when I was thinking about it, because uh, I'm talking about training camp, you would go off to two practices. But during the season, right. you would go in, your meetings would be from 9 to like 11, 11.30. You grab lunch, and then you go out in the practice field from like 1 to 3 or 3.30. Uh, you come back in, you review your practice film, to see what you did right, what you did wrong, and then uh, you're done by 5, 5.30, and then you have to go work out and do whatever. So you're out of there by, you know, 7 o'clock or so. And it's usually uh, it's usually uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday's a little bit lighter day. Friday's more of, okay, we're not hitting today, and they don't hit today. Things have changed in the 40 years. but um, So Friday would be more of a – kind of a, a walk through the days before, um, what you did offensively, what you did defensively. And um, so you go through all your walkthroughs, your blocking schemes, no hitting that day. And then on Saturday, it was truly, uh, you know, whether you're traveling to a, a game uh, or you're home, you always went to the stadium. You always did a walkthrough for special teams, offense, defense, short yardage, field goal, you know, I mean, all that stuff, you go through it. And that usually takes about an hour and a half, um, but that was just in shorts and in your jerseys. It wasn't uh, anything heavy. But usually Wednesday and Thursday back then, you would go through. Not that you would hit 100%, but you go through what they call suds, which was, you know, a little bit more aggressive than just a walkthrough. And so you were always banging heads a little bit. Again, not much, but and as the year progressed, as you went through every week, you know, your film sessions and, and everything else got a little bit more intense because during the course of the year you played you played a different team every week, different scheme every week. You know, the coaches put in a lot of time there. I mean, they're, they're there, uh, I'd say, 16, 17 hours a day going through film, breaking wow. down film, going through the game plans. I mean, it's, it's a lot of time. And... Um, Again, it's it's one of those things when you go through it, it's routine. But, you know, and then, you know, today and even back then, 
we just started getting into videotapes, you know, right. getting into the VCR piece. We weren't doing the 16 millimeter anymore where you hear the clicking going back and forth <laughs> on the film. Um, so the good thing about that is that the VCR, the videotapes that they had was, you know, ready right away. So you come back from wow. practice and those videos are right away, you know, seven on seven, full team scrimmage, all that. And you can go through it right then and there. And then today, I know a lot of people bring film home, you know, or they go on their wow. computers and they sit and they, they watch film now. So it's, uh, it's really, it's a lot of hours, but right. Again, worth, worth every second of it. I'll bet it is. Yeah, well, we'll give the millennials a chance to Google VCR, since uh, many of them probably have absolutely no idea what that is. I obviously know exactly what you're talking about. Um, when I was, I went out to give a big speech in Washington State, in Seattle, in the fall of 2008, in October of 2008, and I was staying at the Westin downtown, and I got there on a a Saturday, and on Saturday morning, I met Jake Locker in the elevator. He was the quarterback for Washington State. Uh, in fact, he was drafted sure. into the NFL, I think, to the to the Titans. And I was surprised because he was in the hotel for a home game. Do you guys stay at home in your homes for the home games, or do they bring you all to one place on game day? Because I've always been amazed with you know some thousand odd some odd. NFL players that have to be to the stadium, you know, for every home game, almost nobody ever gets a flat tire and doesn't show up for the game. Yeah, usually, uh, and I, I'm not sure how they do it today, but there's teams that uh, we always stayed in a local hotel for our home games because what you they did. do okay. is then, like, on that, yeah, on that Saturday, they would have a dinner for you, and then after dinner, you go through meetings again. So you walk wow. through in the morning and early afternoon, you go home, you get your stuff, and then you go to a hotel for, uh, you know, a light meal, a meal, and then uh, you stay there, and then you go from meetings from 7 till 9 or 9.30. They have a little snack for you at 10, and then you're in bed, you know, you're in your room by 11, uh, you know, wow. lights out at 11. So it's, uh, again, I mean, there's a lot of invest, a lot of time invested into it, and they want to make sure they have everybody, and everybody gets on the bus the next morning. They have, usually have two buses that go to the uh, the stadium, um, you know, from the hotel. And uh, obviously, guys drive from the hotel over there too. But uh, you know, if they have, if you need buses, they take buses. But at night, you just use your car and drive over to the stadium if you're at home. But away, they have two buses that take you usually within an hour apart of each other. So there's people that want to get there early, need to get taped, need to go to, you know, um, get their equipment all taken care of, get dressed early, go out in the field. You know, there's uh, that time. You see a lot of times on TV they'll do the pregame where you right. see a lot of receivers and quarterbacks just going out, walking around the field, and kickers and punters are out there doing it as well. So it's, uh, you know, again, it takes up the whole day. You're totally consumed by it. And uh, yeah, that was my, actually my next question. That was my, actually my next question. So you're in lights out at 11. What time are you up on Sunday morning for just your standard one o'clock kickoff? So usually uh, meetings start at either, you know, they might have breakfast first and go to your position meetings, or they might have uh, your position meetings. No, they usually have breakfast first, and then you go to your position meeting. So you know, if breakfast is at eight or eight thirty. By 9.30, you're, you're done eating, and from 9.30 till 10.30, you're in your meetings. 
usually the first bus leaves at 11, the second bus leaves at 11.30, um, so people get an hour and a half before game time or, you know, an hour before game time, depending on where the hotel is and how far is it away from the stadium. Right. Yeah. But so the no agenda lunch. is... No lunch on game day. No, it's just a, it's just a breakfast, and, you know, they yeah. certainly they feed you the stuff that you need to make sure you, you make it through the day, but... Um, <laughs> You know, it's usually you, know, you get some eggs and toast and bacon and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, everybody, every player has a different ritual how they go through their day, that you know their game day. So some people like to eat, some people just want to have a snack or you know, right. But uh, you know, like the offensive line. What, 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 they about, know what about you? What about you, John? You, you know, you were obviously you were you were playing as a backup, but that means at any second you could go in. I mean, at any, at any second, at any time, especially in those days when you're actually allowed to touch the quarterback and look at the quarterback in the NFL without incurring a 15-yard penalty for breathing on Tom Brady uh, or Aaron Rodgers. So you're prepared to go in at any second. Did you have any um, special game day rituals or superstitions that you went through before kickoff? My whole thing was just to make sure I was prepared. You know, you, you got to sit there and during the week you don't get a lot of as a backup, you don't get a lot of reps with the first team. You do a lot of the uh, scout work, so you work against the defense, their first, you know, the first defense using the other people's plays. So when you do get a chance to play with the, the offense, the first team offense, um, you know, it's probably 75-25. 75% goes to the starters and 25% just for the backups. You know, offensive line and receivers are a little bit different. they got to know – they, they're in there all the time. They're interchanging all the time. Um, but as a quarterback, you, know, you, you observe, you watch, you see what's going on. Uh, before the games, I, I was just in the playbook making sure that I was right. I was prepared. You know, my first year, my rookie year, I did a lot of the signals into the quarterback. So I was the okay. sign guy on the side where I was uh, doing all the signals. So I had to prepare for that. And, you know, you sit with the quarterbacks and make sure that everybody's on the same page and, you know what the signals are, so we we practice that all week too, and that does you know that goes during practice. So, you know we're on the sidelines during practice and sending in the signals so everybody knows. Now everybody uses the wristbands. Um, we had them back then, but it was sometimes it was just easier for you know we didn't have the helmets with the microphones in, so you had to communicate in different ways, and we did it through hand signals and arm signals. Very, very interesting. Now, um, this goes way back when my son was still playing basketball in school, and they had the parent game where the parents played the oldest kids. And I remember the first time I ran out onto the real basketball court, it is so different than watching the game. When you step onto the court with, you know, nine other people, it really is such a change in perception. But you did end up going into some games. Tell us how you ended up going into the game and what it was like. What led to you being put into the game? And, and kind of tell us what happened. <laughs> well, my first experience was on Monday Night Football against the, uh, the Raiders the L.A. Raiders, and um, we had our, uh, it was probably the second quarter, and Gary Danielson was our starter at that point, and uh, was having a, you know, a tough year, but a, a decent year. He was a good quarterback and a wily veteran. He does all the college games these days, and uh, really a good guy, but um, ended up getting turf toe, and uh, 
we just got we just got the ball on our one yard line, and all of a sudden I heard my my name called, and and Monty Clark goes Wachowski. I'm like, yeah. He goes, get your helmet. I go, why? He says, you're in. I go, really? So I had to go find my helmet was on the bench somewhere, so I had to go back and find the helmet. And we had the ball on our own one yard line. I'm like, okay. And but the thing is, when you're there and you're playing, it's just like it doesn't matter what level you're at. Your focus now is on the game. I mean, there was right. in the Silver Dome. I think there was 72 or 74,000 people on a Monday night, you know, watching uh, watching the Monday night game. And you know, it's on obviously ABC and all of the channels. You're across the country, but that doesn't come into play. I guarantee you I was watching it. I guarantee you I was watching that game because I didn't miss any Monday Night Football games in those days. Well, it was was quite an experience. So, yeah, we had my first play was on our own one-yard line and a little toss out to James Jones to the right, and he got to about the yard and a half. So it was uh, was quite an experience. It was was pretty cool, but – you don't realize, and so we played the rest of that game. We got we got beat, but we went down, and I think we kicked a field goal in our first possession. And then after that, it was uh, it was not not very pretty. Um, we, were, we were struggling at that point. We were struggling as a team at that point. But you know, we uh, we did our best. And you know, after yeah. the game, was sitting in my locker, and I'm like, wow. That was Monday Night Football. You know, it was like one of those yeah. where it all of a sudden hits you. You're like, well. Oh. But, uh, that is, yeah, that it is was, really cool. Now, did he come back the next week, or did you have to start the next week? No, my first start was the next week against the Chicago Bears in 1984. And, oh, and, they were uh, a good team in 84. Yeah, they were. They were 10-5 and five at that point, and um, – you know, that was with uh, Walter Payton and McMahon, and then yep. they had that 46 defense. And we were 2-12-1 and one at that point. So uh, I was all geared up, ready to go. The last game of the season, it was a couple of days before Christmas, and um, we were, you know, jazzed up about getting out there. But uh, it didn't work out very well for me. It was um, – I held an NFL record for a number of years, and uh, every time I tell people about it, they kind of chuckle. But I was the most sacked quarterback in a half. In uh, <laughs> well, that's that's not your fault. That's the big guys up front's fault. To be perfectly honest, and I do remember. <laughs> you know, you know being, having having an NFL record for you know 20 years or so. Man, that's not bad. In one no, start. not at all. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Like I said, <laughs> I, 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 I geeked out the first time we talked about this, and I'm still geeking out over it because it really is my obsession. I mean, um, if you were here in my studio and you looked around, you're just going to see Steelers stuff everywhere. Uh, lastly, in, in terms of the game, I know you mentioned Monday night, but going back to a regular Sunday game, game's over, you go back to the locker if it's a one o'clock game, it's probably finished around four, four thirty. What happens then? You just get off all your gear, shower, and go home, or are there more meetings and stuff like that, or does that happen on Monday? Nope, that happens on Monday. So Monday is kind of like uh, a day for those who are banged up a little bit. You come in, you watch the game film in the morning, um, and people get treatment, and then you work out during the afternoon, and people need to. You know, stretch the body is sore, so you try to do something to get your body moving and get the blood flowing through. 
because every week it doesn't matter. Um, you wake up the next day, you're you're sore. You know, your body is right. is definitely sore. So people go I don't through know if a routine. I told you this, with a, yeah, way back when, I mean, way back when, in, say, 1993, so I was probably 25, 26 years old, uh, my coworkers got the brilliant idea of playing tackle football over at the middle school on Sunday mornings. And we didn't even play the length of the field. We played the width of the field. You had six plays to get a touchdown. We had all these crazy rules, and we weren't trying to hurt each other, but it was tackle football without pads. And I was in pretty great shape in those days, and I would come home, and I would just lay on the floor watching the football games, unable to move. And I do not know how you guys can make it through an entire game because, to me, it seems like you should get hurt on every single play in the NFL. (laughs) Well, again, I mean, the athletes are so specialized these days and they're so, you know, in shape and they're focused on that. i got to be honest with you. Those are the days that you really did understand what it it meant to be, uh, you know, an athlete and a conditioned athlete because, you know, the soreness always set in, but how quickly you recoup. So Tuesday you had a day off. Again, people who got banged up a little bit would come in for treatment. Um, we would go in voluntarily, watch film for the next week, uh, and there might be some position coaches in there working with you because they would break down the film from the week before the, the opponent you're playing. So you had some things that you could watch, kind of get yourself set up and, uh, you know, so Tuesday was considered a day off, but, you know, people still went in and, and did their job as far as film, watching, and everything else. But that was just another day to recoup because usually the next day you're sore, but the second day after is really when you start feeling it uh, even a little bit more. So, again, get your blood flowing, get everything moving, and uh, Wednesday you come back and you go on your, your Wednesday through Saturday routine again before the Sunday game. Really cool. Really interesting. I've always had – these questions. I, I, my, my wife and I have a very interesting weekend coming up because I'm a lifelong Steelers fan and she is a lifelong 49ers fan. Of course, they beat in the first game of the season. And we watched a really good documentary on Joe Montana recently. And uh, throughout the documentary, they really did spend a lot of time talking about just how he was not a really big guy. And I actually met Steve Young in San Diego uh, one year when I was doing a a conference down at Verona. And same thing, he's not a really big guy. And yet when you see these linemen and these defensive linemen, it's just, it's just, like I said, it's a miracle that you guys don't get hurt every time you get hit. And just as a funny aside, I was at Club Monterey when I was in the Army in 1987, and out of the stall walked Walter Payton. So I did meet Walter Payton briefly in the restroom at uh, Club Monterey back when I was in the Army. Very nice. He was very approachable, very nice guy. And um, and so those are my three brushes with NFL fame, or two of them. Well, you, uh, number one, uh, Steve Young and, and Walter Payton. I'm just, I just find it so fascinating. And then finally, I wanted to ask you, I know you still follow the game. I know you still love the game. When we talk offline, you're pulling out players' names and teams and coaches, so I know you're still a student of the game. As we head into the NFL season 2023, do you have any prognostications? Do you think Kansas City has a legitimate chance to repeat? Are there any teams that you think might surprise people? Because you just never know. Speaking of the 49ers, who would have thought that the last guy drafted 
would, would lead the 49ers within a game of the Super Bowl. And I hope, I hope he has a terrible game this Sunday, by the way. But you just <laughs> never know in the National Football League. Oh, and real quick, before you answer that question, while I was watching that documentary, they, they featured um, a game that Joe Montana played on Monday Night Football against the Houston Oilers when Buddy Ryan was coach and Warren Moon was quarterback. Were you on that team? Because I know you backed up Warren Moon at one point. Yeah, I was uh, with Warren on the Jerry Glanville. Um, so oh, Glanville was was before Buddy Ryan took over. Um, yeah. So I can't remember. Yeah, I so 90, mm, probably 93 or yeah. 92, yeah. I, I, I remember Jerry Glanville very well because the Steelers beat the Oilers in that first round of the playoffs in 89 after they had beaten us twice in the regular season, I believe. And he wasn't very happy about it. Okay. The NFL – 2023, Kansas City, you think they're going to repeat? Any surprise teams that you think are going to come out of nowhere? Well, the one thing I said to others, uh, some people have asked me this question, and I said Kansas City is a strong team. they got a great coach in Reed and Andy Reed. Um, the one thing, and I just saw it yesterday, I believe, uh, somebody said, can Kansas City repeat? I said, well, the only thing I think will stop them is if Kelsey gets hurt because yeah. Travis Kelsey is, is – you know, Mahomes' go-to guy, and he does a great job of getting open. And if they lose him, not that they'll lose a lot, but he's he's there, you know, as a go-to guy as Mahomes is scrambling around. So it might take a little bit of luster off uh, Kansas City. I guess I think he just hyperextended his knee yesterday. I don't know if he's in or out this week or not. But uh, it'll be a different game with Kansas City. But they're, they're good enough on both sides of the ball. I think the offense is a little bit better than the defense, but – um, they're good on both sides of the ball. The people, I think one of the teams you got to watch, and, you know, I grew up a Giants fan, but, you know, the Jets, their defense is, is pretty darn good. And yeah, it'll be loaded. interesting to see how, how, they, how they play this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to bring a different dynamic to the offense, but, uh, you know, as long as they're healthy up front and they got some great receivers, um, so, I mean, it all depends on how well that offense executes. But uh, I know they're going to play their tails off. But they, they have the makings of being a, a really good team. I mean, you can't count the Bills out. The Bills have a great defense as well, um, you know, from the AFC East. But, uh, you know, the AFC East is pretty strong. You look at Miami as well. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati, Kansas City, the Bills, the Jets, I think they're going to be the tops in the AFC the NFC is, is tough. You know, uh, San Francisco is always, always going to be tough. Um, you know, it, just they played really well last year. You know, the Giants going to make a good showing this year, good possibility. Uh, Cowboys seem to be up and down. I'm not sure about them anymore. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard to say in the, in the NFC which team is really going to – I think, you know, San Francisco is is probably the best of the bunch, um, you know, but it all depends on the health of their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you saw they went through three quarterbacks in one game last year, and that's not an easy thing to go through. They, their superstar, Trey Lance, they just traded over to the Cowboys because, you know, those are those are hits and misses. You know, he's probably a right. great athlete, but you got to be in a system that you can play in and – Brock Purdy seems to have a pretty good understanding of that system. So, um, 
you know, it's it's hard to say, but just looking at the NFC, Detroit, you know, again, are they going to come out on top now that Green Bay doesn't have Aaron Rodgers? You know, uh, and Minnesota is always an up-and-down team. So, again, if Detroit comes out the first week and does a good job against Kansas City, you're going to hear a lot more noise from them um, mm-hmm. because they do have a solid a solid group of people, and that guy Dan Campbell's done a nice job with them. So, uh, you know, San Francisco seems to be the, the darling of that, that group, but we'll find out how they do against your Steelers this week. Well, I was just going to say, I, I hope – I hope you're wrong about week one, and I hope Brock Purdy throws about 13 interceptions and the Steelers <laughs> run away with that thing because it is going to be a house divided here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic there. Uh, his name is John Witkowski, formerly of the National Football League, and you've been listening to a special edition of the Power Performance Podcast. It's Huddle Up with John Witkowski taking you behind the scenes of the most popular sport on the face of the planet, I don't care, soccer fans, what you say, you can go to a grass hut in the middle of Polynesia, and they know who won the Super Bowl. You can go to all my neighbors here up and down this street, and they won't have any idea who won the World Cup. So it's a great sport, and it's always great to have a veteran of that great sport on the air. John, thank you so much, and I'll be enjoying watching that first week with you. And if the Steelers get clobbered, I'll probably call you on Monday all worn out and worried that the entire season is lost. <laughs> you got it, Jason. Thanks for having me, and uh, love talking to you about it. Awesome, man. Great job. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you be the audience wanting more? Stay tuned for upcoming series and specials. My name is Jason Dyeth, and have a great day.